Hello you, you naughty little snake. Welcome to Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. My name's Stephen Hill. You are listening to the Rioters Review with me and my good friend, as always, as ever, sitting across from me, scoffing away on a mini cheddar like like a pig that he is. You, you, you gave me the mini cheddars. I know, you fell for it, you idiot. You <laughs> fell into my trap. I didn't realise you'd planned this uh, intro from the big... From... It's not my main sort of thing that I do, Renfrew, is yeah. I... I basically coax someone into the house mm. um, and then I sort of tempt them with mini cheddars <laughs> and then I belittle them. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, I've uh, fallen hook, line and sinker for you that. Have, yeah. You've, what an um, idiot. You've blown it. Um, so anyway. Hello, I'm really. Renfrey Dedman. Yeah, hello. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Um, this is a Rioters review. Um, as I said at the start, um, what we do is over at our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash riot act podcast. You can go there right now. You can take your bank card and you can contribute financially to the upkeep of this podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're currently in our new studio, a.k.a. my spare room, <laughs> a.k.a. My, one day my office, when I can finally turf you out of my life. Um, and um, it's looking pretty bare on the walls. So I think what we need is just we need some money to buy some some nice art to yeah. put in the background while we record because we're going to do the old YouTube channel. I mean, you know, I would like some money to live first if that's possible. But yeah, but sure. I think me buying art is more important than you living, surely. Okay, um, cool. We'll <laughs> smoke on that then. That's cool. And uh, yeah, but you, you can do that. And if you suggest a record, we'll talk about it. Eventually. For, for money, eventually. Today, um, we have picked the choice of uh, thank you to George Jackson. Uh, thank you, George Jackson. Who <laughs> I am. Uh, you picked Francis the Mute by the Mars Volta, George Jackson. Yes. What a lovely pick that Please. was. Um, so we saw this, Renfrey, and we were both sort of squealed with glee because both of us like the Mars Volta very much. I think that's fair to say, isn't it? I fucking adore the Mars Volta. I have mm. a feeling I might even come up with some controversial opinions during this, which will make you go, well, you what? Mm. Um but who women knows? shouldn't be allowed to vote. That's one of yours, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, any more? No, just no. carry on. Mars, uh, you meant about the Mars Volta. I meant you? about the Mars Volta, right, yeah, okay, specifically. Yeah, specifically. Um, uh, whoa, okay. Well, that's intriguing. Um, any kind of clue as to what those opinions might be? Well, I'll tell you straight away. I think I prefer the Mars Volta to that as driving. Oh, wow. That is really controversial. That's right. Um, I think having seen at the drive-in live recently and having seen, <laughs> uh, having listened to the last at the driving record, mm. uh, that's not as mad an idea <laughs> as I thought it might have been five years ago, five, six years ago. It's a tough one because both bands went through um, periods of utter amazing quality and in terms of Francis the Mute, we are definitely talking about Mars Volta um, right the up The high there. end, yeah. Yeah, definitely, I would say so. Um, but they also had unbelievable lows as well. I went to see... I don't know how many times to see the Mars Volta live, but I would wager around a dozen. Okay. Because I was fucking obsessed with them mm. um, after buying Delaus in the Commodorium. <laughs> um, so I picked up Delaus in HMV for ten ninety nine. Day it came out? It was shortly after it came out. Pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> because I was... To be honest, I, I didn't get straight on it. Uh, I didn't get straight on it because I just I was like, well, after at the drive-in, I, I just thought it was going to be, you know, an well, inferior I, version of. Yeah. Um, and it's so, it's so not that. Um, Is that because you heard Sparta? 
uh, yeah. Spot all right. Yeah, spot all right. Spot all right. But um, I was really blown away by Delouse in the Comatorium. Uh, my favourite album of that year, 2003, mm-hmm. um, would probably remain so to this day. I can't think of another record that came out that year that would beat it. I just think it's an absolute prog masterpiece. Like, yeah. I, I mean, to, give, to kind of pick up on my initial thoughts of the Mars Volta, um, I bought the Interatic ESP EP. Is that what it's called? Interiatic. I mean, they've got such weird titles. Yeah. But anyway, the debut EP I bought. Three songs. Three songs. The first, it doesn't. It takes six minutes before anything actually happens. <laughs> and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, this is rubbish. What is the point of this? And I was a bit like, oh, God. And I thought, like, Sparta are fine. You know, it's just like, oh, you sound like everyone else. Great. Who is <laughs> okay? That's fine. Um, I'm loving out the driving. I was like, not enough for me. This is mm. not enough. Mm. And then I got the Mars Vault and I just thought, this is just pretentious load of wank that first ep um but it starts it starts with about four minutes of weird ambient noise doesn't it i think yeah and And it's not straight into cut that city and sounds fucking amazing yeah but it takes a long time it takes a while to get there but cut that city is a great song to be fair Um, but i was like i'm not sure about this it just sounds like all the kind of wankery bits like i need a bit of um it didn't have the it had a lot of the the sort of spazzy freak out stuff and not enough of the riffs and i think that's always been the thing it's called the tremulant ep sorry that just came to my face right then and i needed to say it it's called tremulant yeah i think you're right isn't it um uh yeah so anyway but then i was working at mvc when um dillhouse in the crematorium music video company (laughs) Uh, (laughs) is that what it stood for company club Ah, I think I can't remember. But anyway, I was in, club. and it came in, and I was like, "Oh God, them! It's those two from the, the idiots left out. They split out the driving up. They idiots!" And we had it on in the sort of staff room downstairs, and I was like, "Oh, okay, maybe not. Hello. This is fucking brilliant." Hello. So yeah, so I bought that the day it came out um, at work that following Monday because we got it on the Friday. You know about this when they used to deliver I do. CDs and I do. price them up on yeah. the Friday. Yeah. Great fun. Happy days. Um, How would you describe the sound of that album to someone who's never heard the Mars Volta? I wouldn't even begin to try. I would <laughs> what, say... Where do you uh, start? Uh, a, 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 a Santana on an acid trip. <laughs> yeah. Um, playing, uh, yeah, I guess psychedelic acid fueled Santana played by former punks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. Mm. Uh, a lot of Latin-infused rhythms yeah. and, uh, oh, just a crazy, crazy, crazy trip into crazy, crazy minds. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely batshit insane. I think it is a modern classic, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's a fucking it's brilliant record. Fucking, fucking brilliant. So, I, I'm sure, Renfrew, I speak for both of us when I say, come um february the 11th 2005 if we were in japan or march the 1st 2005 if we were in america or february the 21st 2005 if <laughs> Stag- we were in europe which Stag- is I, release date, where eh? i presume is where we all were uh, so we were in europe so yes come february the 21st 2005 you rushed out to buy this record on the day of its release do or? you know what this is how big a mars Volta fan i was i found slept some... overnight no 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 i found some i realized it was coming out in japan a about a month early and i scoured the internet i was a student at this point was it 10 days okay Mm. 
I scoured the internet and managed to find um, an import copy. Uh, a re- like It was an, ex- an extra like four quid or something like that. But I was like, well, that's not bad coming from Japan mm. in the chance that I would get it a few days later. I got it about a week before it came out. Uh, amazingly, because I'm assuming the company just sent it out fucking whenever. Willy-nilly. Um, Willy-nilly. Uh, and I was overjoyed. Um, mm. And then my CD player broke. <laughs> oh, dear. What karma for, for what? Horrible. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How dare you like a band? So, <laughs> so I actually had it um, just sat staring at the artwork for about two weeks uh, whilst everyone else was listening to it and loving it. But yes, I was I was incredibly excited about hearing it. Is what you're getting at? And, yeah, and, is, and yeah. I was I was I wasn't even expecting a new album so quickly. It mm. came out about twenty months after the first album. I think less. It must be less than that. If it came out in February two thousand five, I think Deloused came out. It was June or July 2003. Yeah. So you're summer. looking at 12, 13. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, 19 yeah. or 21, something yeah. like that. Um, and I didn't I didn't expect the Mars Volta to have a normal... I mean, that's slightly quicker than a normal album cycle, but I didn't expect them to have a normal album cycle at all because Delaus was so complex, so crazy, and so all over the place that I was like, well, surely this kind of music takes years to craft mm. surely we're talking about a tool in that we're only going to get an album every five years yeah in the time that the mars Volta were around 11 years or so we got like six studio you know that was they worked really fast yeah really really fast doing this a lot very of complex jams, isn't it? a lot of it is jams yeah um if you saw um them on the deloused uh album uh a lot of these songs came from live jams, which they'd sort of returned to. And um, there's actually, they released a live album called Scab Dates. I mean, I call it a live album. It's a biz- obviously it's the Mars Volta, so it's really weird. Mm. Um, but um, there are songs where they're jamming, which turned into songs later on from Francis the Mute on the Scab Dates EP uh, album. There's also a live EP where, where they do that as well during Drunk Shipper drunk ship of lanterns or something like that right um so a lot of it did come out of jamming but also quite interestingly this album uh came i mean in many ways directly from the mind of omar rodriguez lopez so this is very much his baby in yeah. that he used a recording technique um popularized by miles davis which is where you sit each uh, musician down with their instrument individually and you seal them off from the other musicians so that musician is playing their part and they're playing it you know very well um, but they have no idea how it's going to work with the rest of the parts in the composition mm. and Omar would record them all to a metronome so that they were all in time yep and then just layer them up. Um, and he sort of did that so that he could create, I, th- I, th- I think just have complete <clears throat> control over it. So he basically had all of these parts recorded and then he could just put them, layer them however he wanted to and mix them in whatever way. Because he obviously had this very strong vision in his head that he wanted to um, attain. And th- I mean, that's a very... I suppose it's taking modern recording techniques and and p- 
pushing them to the extreme really where you don't even let where the other musicians don't even know how their part is going to fit into the rest of the music mm. um but that's the technique they adopted on francis the mute and once you realize that i think that does make sense <laughs> you're like oh right that's why that completely crazy flute solo is going on over the top of this yeah and it and it does work it all works but it almost sounds like it shouldn't work because it sounds so deranged and off off kilter and 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 not of the piece itself but it does work extraordinarily well did you it's, know that about this record i didn't know that mm. no it's funny because you've made that sound you've made this record sound like hard work and everything about yeah. it i mean this is the thing that like so deloused in the crematorium in theory should be really really hard work i actually find it i just a joy to listen to yeah because it's agree. so fucking brilliant i agree I think this is harder to listen to. Yes, they definitely um, did. I think just turning the CD around and, and I was like, okay, so there's only five songs on it. Yeah. But each song is actually got four or five or six different, different songs parts. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, they've really gone deep, deep, deep down the rabbit hole uh, in this. They really... They, they, the soundscape stuff, that stuff that you were talking about at the beginning of the Tremulant EP that you didn't like, mm. they really went down the rabbit hole with the ambient um, uh, noise scapes. Yeah. Shall we say? Mm-hmm. F- you know, four or five minutes of music, um, which... Uh, no, it's music. It's music, isn't it? Yeah, of course. It's of music. of 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 what is effectively sort of ambient noise, or it could be like there's one at the end of Sigmund Visman's Sickness, which is uh, Omar was just recording like some kids playing outside his um, his house, and I think he just manipulated the sounds and stuff like that, and then put it <laughs> with a bunch of other stuff. And there's. If I have a problem with this record, and it probably is my only problem with this record, I do feel that there is too much of that stuff. It's a 75-minute record, roughly. Mm. And I reckon 14, 15 minutes of it is that soundscapey stuff. Uh, at least. I would, I would imagine. imagine. I don't know. Off the top of my head, I, you know, we, we do... We, don't know but it does it's it's a guesstimate but i reckon Mm. it's around that Mm. um it's particularly frustrating when you discover that there are a whole bunch of songs and i mean songs songs that were recorded for this album but didn't make it onto the record including the title track francis the mute which was meant to begin the record. Mm. Do you know this song, Francis the Mute? No. It's 14 minutes long and it is brilliant. And it is, um, you know, pretty much the song for most of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it actually came out as the B-side to The Widow. Um, I was going to talk about The Widow at some point, obviously. We're, but, we're uh, absolutely going to talk about The Widow. Yeah, of course. Um, but uh, I think I, I... It's the one thing that I can't get my head around with this album. Why by all means have soundscape stuff in it but a minute (laughs) is probably fine as opposed to four uh especially when there's great material that is part of the story we'll go to the story in a minute um that doesn't make it onto the album like i i found that a very bizarre choice it was obviously you know 
this is very much Omar's thing. It's very much his baby. He mm. obviously felt that those soundscape portions were incredibly important to the record and the way that it sounds. But it does make it harder than it needs to be. Yep. And you and I can understand why people would listen to that stuff and go, oh, they're just being difficult and facetious on purpose. Well, they're a very, very contrary band. Not to say the least, yeah. To, yeah, to absolutely to say, to say the least. And, you know, I think they'd had their, obviously they'd had their fingers uh, quite severely burned with the, with the, at the driving situation where it was so patently, blatantly clear that there was a group of people in at the drive-in who wanted to embrace um mtv and being mm. in kerrang and all that and they didn't really want to do that although and it's funny that they ended up being the ones who <laughs> you know had a far far greater commercial i was gonna say commercially reaching appeal than um than sparta did and sparta yeah. were kind of set up to do that yeah um the, ir- the irony is you know during at the drive-in's time they own like was the barfly the biggest show they played no, they played the Astoria. Sorry, the Astoria. Of yeah. course, yeah. Um, but you know, on this album, I saw Mars Volta twice. I think on this record at Brixton Academy, yeah, at a sold out Brixton Academy yeah. as well, which is double the size. Yeah, you know, so different time on it, mate. Yeah, yeah. Like, it <laughs> yeah. wouldn't happen. I mean, it, it, it just wouldn't happen now. Yeah, no, it wouldn't happen now. Not a fucking chance. This album comes out now, ignored. I mean, but I mean, to bring on to the widow. I mean, the, what I was going to say was the irony of all of this is is that this album is made up of so many different parts. It's kind of sort of a concept album, I believe. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I can't remember what the concept is, if I'm honest, but I know. So do it super quickly? Yeah, go on. They uh, had an audio manipulator, I'm going to call him, called Jeremy Michael Ward, who yeah. um, died um, during, whilst they were uh, touring Delaus in the Comptorium. Mm. He used to be a repo man. He used to repossess stuff. Um, and he found this diary in a car that he was repossessing, which he kind of, um, he related to the person in the diary, the, the person that oh, had yeah, a lot of mental it, health yeah. issues and so on and so forth. And, and he related to that. And so the album is about characters and people who are in that diary, basically. That's the short answer. Mm. And that really is the short answer. You can yeah. delve very deep into that. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, my kind of original point was yeah. a conceptual album made of very, very long songs within songs, yeah. long form, unbelievably progressive Latin rhythm, rhythms, yeah. sang in different languages. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, yeah, exactly that. And, and yet in the middle of it all, you've got The Widow. Well, second, yeah, 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 yeah. But in amongst yeah. all of that, they still wrote a. I know it's five minutes long, five plus minutes long. Uh, only with the wibbly wobbly bits is mm. it five minutes long. Um, mm. The radio edit, which obviously took the wibbly wobbly bits. When I say wibbly wobbly bits, I mean the ambient noisecape bits. Off is like two minutes fifty or something. Yeah, it's a basically it's a traditional verse chorus verse. Yeah, uh, song and so, one of the only verse chorus verse songs in the entire Mars Volta catalogue as far as I can recall now that to me is a very an, an astute move it's odd isn't it because I mean for a band who didn't want to who, who certainly claimed to not want that commercial appeal 
With the Widow is a great song. I don't think it's either of us are, are denying that. Oh, it's on the it's on uh, one of the Guitar Heroes, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, probably. But I don't. But it is undeniably a uh, a commercial version of what the Mars Volta do. It's, it's, a, it's a version of what they do with all the elements turned down a little bit. I think you could argue that on Delouse in the Comatorium, the song. I think it's called Televators. It is the penultimate track. Is kind of a, a predecessor to the widow, uh, the widow, in that again, it's. I think it is a normal structure. Um, it's the one which is you should have yeah. seen the fruit, the fruit right by you. Um, that is a traditional verse, chorus, first, middle eight structure as well. Um, and, you know, they, there was a radio edit of that and they tried to get that on the radio and stuff and I don't think it hit as big as The Widow did. Mm. But, yeah, it's undeniably, it seems, it's still very Mars Volta-y, but it does seem to be... It sounds sonically like the Mars Volta, but it's yeah. short and, like you say, it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus. It sounds like a single. It sounds yeah. good. Do you know what I mean? It sounds catchy. There are people who would have heard that. I mean, you know, and bands did that they used to do that all the time. Mm. You know, mm. Black Hole Sun is not representative of every Soundgarden song. It's not even representative of Super Unknown. No. <laughs> like, you know, um, Under the Bridge is not representative of Smoked in Spirit. It does not sound like all the violence. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. they would do, like, they would, how do, you know, we would, let's write the single. Yeah. And that was a thing that bands used to fucking, used to do all the time. But it's just an odd thing in that it goes against, you know, I don't know if they ever specifically said we don't want to be a commercial act, but everything they did, everything else they did, kind of insinuated that they didn't give but a fuck. It's the beauty of those bands being able to have their cake and eat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they, no one listens to the widow and goes sell out. Do you know what I mean? Like no one's going to do that. But it's it was enough for you know those days. I mean, we were just talking about the bravery before we were recording this, and and those group of bands. And you think like how much better. A, world would we be in if a song like the widow really hit and really oh, took God. off and everyone actually rather than going out and buying the fucking razor light album went out and bought the mars volta francis the mute and that because you know they came out the same year pretty much like i think yeah. the second razor light album definitely like stuff like employment by the kaiser chiefs and stuff came out at the same time as this mm, mm. and it was weird it was like yeah yeah this is you know an, an odd thing and it didn't really fit in but imagine if people had really like the on mass gravitated to something like this record, which is so much more interesting. And I think would have just kept guitar music sounding fresh and original yeah. and unique and given it a purpose. And, yeah. and, you know, and instead we got all these like fucking flaccid bands. Mm. Mars Volta are a, a brilliant example of, you know, what could have been in mm. the mid noughties uh, and, and without trying. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, they obviously weren't trying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no one listens to this and goes, oh, well, you know, he's the fucking, this is, this is the sellout record or whatever. And they never, ever looked interested in, in actually making it. But you know, neither did Alice in Chains particularly. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and I, I, I mean, I, I do think it's a miracle that they did as well as they did. And I'm, I'm absolutely I'm stoked that they did. I mean, I yeah. remember, like I said, I saw them at Brixton Academy on this um, tour a couple of times and they played for two and a half hours. Like the barely, I don't think, I think they stopped playing like two or three times, but it was basically just constant music because mm. they were just jamming into other songs. But for that set, they only played seven songs 
and the rest of it was jamming. Very, very frustrating band. Well, do you know what, though? You say that. When Mars Volk, you as a result of that, you got great nights and not so great nights with the Mars Volta live. Like I said, I went to see them a dozen times or so. So I was really in. I I was always chasing when they had a good night, and I was quite fortunate that I saw them have good nights quite a lot. Definitely saw them have bad nights as well. But when they were good, when they were like in. I don't know. I'm gonna just sound like a jazz musician, but in the groove or whatever. When they, when they were, when they were on it, they were fucking amazing. And mm. that Brixton show for I think the first Brixton show for Francis the Mute is one of the best times I've ever seen them. They were just on fire. It was absolutely amazing. So, would you say this record is um, uh, a worthy? successor to Delaus in the crematorium i definitely think it's a worthy successor i do prefer Delaus'd, um probably for the simple reason that uh it doesn't go into the, those slightly more self-indulgent ambient passages there's there's one song on the first record um citrus's esp it's a 12 minute song and there's three minutes in the middle where it goes a bit ambient wibbly wobbly but that's it like that's the only bits where you know someone will turn around and go oh that's not music whereas francis the mute like like we've discussed does it for 15 or or maybe even 20 minutes of its running time and it's just a bit much and especially when you hear material that was so good that was left off of it as well that just seems like a balmy move to me Mm. um and i still don't think i'll ever forget like um understand that that said when this record is good which is often it's fucking amazing (laughs) like most of the first track almost well the first nine minutes of the first track before it goes all wibbly wobbly um uh cygnus visman cygnus is just what a way to start an album like absolutely phenomenal we've talked about the widow already la vie uh la vie la viesque i think (laughs) it's just like 12 minute latin in like samba infused masterpiece yeah it's brilliant that is Um, brilliant song miranda that i'm I'm just i am just naming all the songs yeah i mean there's only five songs on the album yeah Yeah. Mm. and the final song um cassandra gemini is it's split up into seven tracks on the album, on the CD, mm. but it is actually just a 35-minute long song. Mm. Um, and it's a fucking masterpiece. It's incredible, mm. you know. And it doesn't have any of those weird ambient wibbly-wobbly bits either. Um, I think it's amazing. I know people who prefer this album to Delaust. I It's a weird one. I mean, I I used to. Oh, right. I used to. Mm. Uh, and then I went back to Delaust um, a few years ago and I listened to it and I was like, good grief, this is actually brilliant. Oh, it's just... Because I think the thing is, is that often, um, again, to go back to what we've just been talking about, I, I um, have been on a big old, uh, I've been on a big talk, what we're talking about before we started recording this podcast, I should say, um, for kind of timekeeper's sake. I've, I've been this massive talk talk binge recently and they are incredibly interesting a band but i think there's um there's there's the point where a band go fuck it we're going to experiment 
and they do this kind of experiment and you go, oh my God, that's really, really different. I think obviously the Mars Volta were born out of at the drive-in who released this unbelievable unique record and then did something arguably weirder. Well, no, not even arguably, like definitely. Definitely weirder. Definitely weirder. Yeah. Um, but it still had enough of a foot in what they were doing previously for you to go, that sounds like the guys in out the drive-in, but they're yeah. doing this. You could see the through line. Yeah. Whereas Francis the Mute, to me... There's nothing left about the driving, pretty much. There's pretty much nothing, apart from Cedric's voice. Mm. You know what I mean? There's Cedric's mm. voice, but that's he's obviously he's always going to sound like that. It's not got the same... He doesn't deliver the lines in the same way. It's not. I, I don't think there's any kind of thought process left from at the driving in, in Francis the Mute. Do you know what I mean? I don't think there's anything that's kind of... Definitely one of the, one of the reasons that he, they... One of several reasons why Cedric wanted to leave out the drive-ins, he was sick of screaming and he yeah. wanted to sing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and fuck me, could he sing? And he can it really fucking sing. And I mean, and you look at, um, like I say, a band like Talk Talk who, who had this sort of pop career, and then they released uh, the Color of Spring, and that is an album where you go, oh, well, that's like pop music, but actually, it's really, really weird as well. Like they're doing this weird stuff, and then when they went into um, the Eden. Uh, record mm, the, uh, um, East of Eden uh, that's when they is that what's called East of Eden Spirit of Eden Spirit of Eden East of Eden when they um, released Spirit of Eden people went oh my like fucking hell mental um, and I feel like Francis the Mute is fucking hell mental yeah. and it's not necessarily although it will be lauded probably critically as the this kind of pinnacle record for them I think getting the getting that different balance just right is why I would probably pick Deloused over this at this point. Yeah. Although saying that, um, Bedlam and Goliath is my favourite. Yeah, I, I do. So I get very... In, ter- in terms of talking between, you know, Deloused and Francis the Mute, like, whilst Deloused is my favourite, um, if someone says to me, oh, I prefer Francis the Mute, I'm kind of like, well, fair enough. Because objectively, there's, <clears throat> there's very little between the two they're, they're both absolutely phenomenal what the rhetoric that does fuck me off for the mars volta is that after francis the mute they fell off a cliff and were just rubbish well i think ampitecture is, is true because that's shit that is. i don't think i i don't i believe it's a step down from uh uh francis the mutant deloused but but i don't think it's shit I've at all i've got no time for that record Whoa, at all. there's some brilliant stuff on it um, I've tried so many times over so many years. Again, I bought it on the day it came out. Uh, came out the same day as Blood Mountain by Mastodon. Bought both of them together. It's hard work. I, I mean, mean I, actually, I mean that starts with like nine billion hours of silence, doesn't it? That fucking record. Uh, I think it's a minute. Yeah, <laughs> but, well, um, but, um, obviously, I've, I mean, I've, actually, it's funny that it came out the same day as Blood Mountain because it makes Blood Mountain look like you know, I don't know, pop album. Yeah, <laughs> like, disturbed. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's a very difficult album to penetrate, and it is is it's one of my least favorite Miles Volta records. But I, I wouldn't say it's their worst. I think Bedlam is brilliant. Bedlam is, is really absolutely really phenomenal. Yeah. I really like Octahedron as well. I think that's very very underrated that yeah, album. Right. Um, and then they did uh, Nocturnicate, which is awful. But yeah, yes, terrible. Oh, that nice. killed them. Um, but yeah, but uh, the, the critical reception for this is quite interesting as well because people either gave it ten out of ten or went nah. Yeah, I think the NME gave it seven out of ten, which feels like, yeah, you know, um, the Guardian gave it three out of five. Again, 
Um, Q gave it four, but then stuff like Drowning Sound gave it ten out of ten, gave it a full ten. Um, uh, Spin Magazine gave it an A, which is they don't really have no yeah. stars. And Pitchfork <laughs> gave it two out of ten. Did they? Yeah. Fucking hell, I'd love to read that review. I might do that on the way back. Um, well, we said it before, the most divisive albums are often the best. Mm. Um, I believe we got nine in Metal Hammer as well to, to add to that. Yeah. Got five Ks in Kerrang, as did the Laos. Mm. Let, me, let me give you, there's a quote. I found a quote, actually, um, uh, that says, uh, it smells like another concept album is far too, this is for Uncut. Said, smells like another concept album. Smells like one. It's ridiculous. Thing to say. <laughs> it's far too long and so pretentious as to be farcical. Uh, well, some of that, it, it, it all depends on the way you look at it, really, doesn't it? I mean, one man's pretension is another man's, I've never seen anything done like this before. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, so Cedric has a very, um, unusual, uh, style to his lyrics, which dates back to at the drive-in where if you see the phrases and the words written down, they are Mm. nonsensical. They make no sense at all. Send transmission from the one arm scissor. What the fuck does that mean? I mean, it might. It's all in the delivery though, isn't it? But it's all in the delivery. Uh, and when... Uh, when Cedric delivers those lines, you probably still don't know what they're about. Um, and, you know, Mars Walter used to make up words, literally, and mm. stuff like that, like all geniuses do. Um, God, give it up. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but um, you know, I, I, you, can, you can view that as pretentious or you can view it as... Uh, musicians or an artist trying to fuck with the form and trying to do something different. Mm. It's just people, the, something that people have always needed. Yeah. It's That's all, why music sounds the way it does today. It yeah. doesn't sound like that today because no one tried to do that. It's all to do with the lens that you see it through. And to be honest, when people are like, I can't stand the Mars Volta, I, do, I hate them, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I do kind of understand it because let's... It, it, they demand a lot of you. We mm. literally just said that a Mars Volta album released on the same day as Blood Mountain makes Blood Mountain look like a pop album. Mm. And Blood Mountain is, you know... A very, very complex. A complex record, record. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, but I feel like the reward, if you are... I mean, the reward that, that I got used to get so much out of the Mars Volta, particularly live, like when they were on it... Um, because I couldn't see that anywhere else. I didn't know anyone else doing that Mars Volta-esque type thing. And even now, I think, I, I mean, I mentioned them earlier. I think the Physics House Band are probably the only band who are doing anything in a similar style. You mentioned them earlier in a different podcast. In a different way. podcast. That's, <laughs> that's correct. Um, but, you know, I, I but understand. You did them earlier, but I did mention them earlier. Yeah. Time is uh, ever shifting. Um I remember taking <laughs> uh, my my ex, shout out Amy Jeskins. Um, she, uh, very early on in our relationship at the time, she came with me to see the Mars Volta live. And uh, my God, she struggled with it. Um, and there was one point where they started playing uh, the first song from this album. And she was just like, I need a break. So she went to the toilet, phoned her brother, 
came back and they were still playing the first song and it turned out to be a 45 minute rendition of the 12 minute opener to this to this album (laughs) and i actually turned to her i was like they're still playing the same song and she just went i know (laughs) she was not happy (laughs) well there you go uh some people don't like them and yeah you're right they are hard work and i think you've got to be in the right mood to get into the the mars bar or i can't listen to them all the time but but music I, like that is needed. It it's, definitely is, it's and, and this vital. Is, I think this record's brilliant. Oh, it's, it's stunning. I think they're a, you know like for all the kind of difficult shit that there is to say about them, for all the kind of accusations like you say, pretension or, or, or whatever. I think ultimately, um, I would rather have the Mars Volta than not have the Mars Volta. I'd also I'd rather have what those people view as pretentious music over a lot of music that those people probably think is good. Mm. So, you know, fuck them. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So anyway, that was the Mars Volta, Francis the Mute, as discussed by Renfrew and I. Thank you very much, uh, George Jackson, for suggesting that. If you are listening to this on our website because you're or on our Patreon page because you're a patron, thanks very much for your contribution. You have got this way earlier than those other stupid bastards who can't be bothered to bloody give us any money and we appreciate you doing that so thanks very much if it is what would it be like december 2031 or something when this finally gets around to being put out for the freeloaders well why you could have heard this years ago we're probably dead at this point you (laughs) morons um (laughs) who wants to listen to dead people give us money yeah uh yeah that's why that roy orbison um a hologram did so badly isn't it Renfrew <laughs> sold it about 20 nights at the Royal Albert Hall um, go to our Patreon page patreon.com forward slash right act podcast and you can contribute there and you can suggest a record coming up we're going to be doing uh, hit on here we're going to be doing um, Dead and Townsend's Ocean Tansen. Machine yep. we're going to be doing uh, 68 um, two parts Viper we're oh, yeah. going to be doing the self-titled album by Amplifier we're going to be doing Dance Gavin Dance I mean that's going to be Mm. pretty fucking hilarious uh, mm. we're going to be doing Cattle Decapitations mm-hmm. the Anthropocene um, Extinction we're going to be doing oh, loads loads and loads and loads I'm just looking down the thing here um, there are loads The Magic Whip by Blur mm-hmm. that's a suggestion that. that we've got The Fall The Nation Saving Grace by The Fall was a suggestion as well I think that's a great suggestion personally um, The Top by The Cure another good one Muscle Memory by Jamie Lenman, Pipe at the Gates of Dawn by Pink Floyd, the uh, self-titled Mr. Bungle album. The list goes on and on and on. What a varied list it is. So thank you very much for your suggestions. Keep them coming in. Keep that sweet, sweet dollar coming in as well because I'm going to have another bag of bloody mini cheddars, aren't I? Do you want to say goodbye? Yeah, bye. That was it. You just went over to turn it off. (laughs) You got to say goodbye, you idiot. Bye. (laughs) 